1: With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere, at any
0: time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. True. I am
1: just praying to God, this is a sick joke.
0: From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to our new Green Kitchen series. I'm Janine, Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each week I'll be catching up with the Olive Kukri team to explore how we can be a bit kinder in the kitchen. From creating reduced-waste recipes to choose a more sustainable meat, fish and veg, and solutions for using less plastic and packaging, as well as loads of practical cooking tips and advice to help you on your journey. I'm here today with Olive's food editor, Anna Glover. Hi, Anna. Hello. Um, Thanks for coming to chat to us today. Um, Today, we're going to talk about using our kitchen in a more sustainable way, including using low-energy cooking methods, how to use your freezer more efficiently, and ideas for batch cooking and meal prep, all of which you're massively qualified to chat about because it's part of your practice anyway, isn't it? It's
1: a bit of a hobby of mine, yeah. <laughs> I do like making things as efficient as possible. Um and definitely like my kitchen is a tight running shit when it comes to efficiency. (laughs) Well,
0: I'm glad you're here to talk us through (laughs) it. Let's talk first about um, low energy cooking because I know when we were chatting about this previously, you mentioned multi-cookers. Like I... I've never used a multi-cooker. Can you k- kind of describe what they do?
1: Sure. So I've got a really, really small kitchen, which means that a gadget really needs to like hold its place in the kitchen. You know, It needs to be worthy of its space on the side. Yeah. And so a multi- multi-cooker multi or like a multi um, sort of like it's got multifunctions, basically. Okay. So it can be a pressure cooker. It can be a slow cooker, a rice cooker. Some of them even... Um, air fry now as well so it's basically like loads it's like a combination of loads of different um options to to use it which means that you actually get to use it a lot more right so you know the more options the the better it is um it's really good if you want to slow cook Mm. and also if you're short time pressure cook as well so you can make the same dish in different ways
0: that sounds amazing. And how what what sort of energy do they use? So it's
1: less than a oven. Yeah. Um especially if you use it uh, overnight as well. Um if you're on a tariff. So, yeah. <laughs> um so I often make porridge in mine for the morning. Yeah. Uh, so I just put it in uh, just before I go to bed and then it's you got really lovely delicious
0: creamy uh, porridge in amazing. the morning. Amazing. And talking about slow cookers because I I actually I do have a slow cooker. It's the one bit of equipment I've been allowed to keep because I've got um you know, I've got my husband basically it's a kind of one-in-one-out scenario. <laughs> Had a bread maker for a while. I, I was big into that for a few months and then it just went to the back of the cupboard. And he was like, we we actually gave it away to someone who was really happy about it. But yeah, the slow cookers remained. Um, And I know that they're particularly efficient, aren't they? They I think they use like the, the energy of a light bulb, which is yeah. incredible. Yeah,
1: they're just such a low and slow. It's really, it's really good for, um like, especially like electric ovens and things, you know, they're obviously... Uh, the longer you've got them on for, the the more it's going to use. Whereas a slow cooker uses the same amount.
0: But you do have to be a little bit careful with slow cookers, don't you? Like, there's things you have to know if you're if you're cooking with them.
1: Yeah, there, there is. It's sort of a knack. There's a, there's a slight knack to slow cooking. Mm. So um, things like searing before you add things add such a depth of flavour right. which you wouldn't you wouldn't normally get if you know if you just bunged everything in. Uh, which is really important for like meat stews. I often well, if you're like if you have a multi cooker it's usually like a sear or a saute function so I just bung the meat in and fry it off in the in the sort of um in the cooker but if you didn't if you just had a slow cooker if you just sear it very briefly and Mm -hmm. you get all of that sort of flavor locked in right from the beginning And also it's about like reducing the amount of liquid in the in the um, in the stew or in the in the slow cooker because there's less evaporation as well because it's got the lid on for the whole time. Um, So that's sort of uh, quite important. Otherwise, it takes ages to reduce, you know, after after the eight hours, you think like, gosh, this is really, really soupy (laughs) still. So, yeah, reducing the liquid. use as no- enough liquid in the slow cooker to just cover to everything just cover, yeah. yeah so i'd even just go by eye like just go for because you'll actually end up with probably more as soon as everything melts mm. so you know you get more of the like liquids coming out you'll probably end up with more liquids but you obviously
0: don't want anything drying out so just cover the cover what's in there and we know slow cookers are, are still massively popular and probably multi-cookers now as well because whenever we do um a feature in the mag and then it goes online it just gets so many hits so people are searching for those ideas tell us some interesting things you can do in a slow cooker not just use. So. i've done uh, bread in the slow wow. cooker um it doesn't look
1: very nice but it tastes delicious because really? you don't get that you don't get the proper crust obviously that yeah. you get in the oven but actually it's a really soft great for like milk bread and oh, things nice. like that it's very soft and fluffy yeah. um and you can do that on like high for for three or four hours and yeah. you get like a really good a decent loaf out of it that you don't have to worry about as well you yeah so you just, just kind
0: of leave it and yeah obviously because they often um there's a function where it just turns itself off after the time, yep. isn't it? So you don't have to be, you can you can go out, leave your bread and come back yep. to it. Yeah. What else? You mentioned porridge. That's quite a nice one as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I really like making porridge in for the morning. It's sort of like someone else has made a breakfast <laughs> yeah. for you. It sort of takes any hassle out in the morning and, and uh, that's a good one for overnight. And um, I really like using it sort of like a bain-marie. So if you fill it with water and then put like a heat-proof bowl in it, so you could do like steamed puddings and, or like oh. Christmas puddings. Uh, like sticky toffee pudding. That's a great sort of shout thing. for the Christmas pudding because yeah. often
0: they just need like reheating, don't they? If you if you've bought one, I mean, yeah. you'd probably make your own. But but yeah, that's a really nice. And and I read as well. I love this idea because anything booze related but mulled wine is yes. great because it keeps it at a nice little temp and doesn't burn off all the booze yeah it, yeah it's like a low
1: and so like it just it just sort of like gradually warms it up and i love actually putting the slow cooker in the in like the sitting room and letting people so it's a bit like a cauldron
0: yeah, i love it yeah
1: <laughs> so it's not on the hob you know you can yeah. get on with things in the kitchen and just leave them with a vat of,
0: of uh, mulled wine. just and le- leave a ladle leave lots of glasses yeah. and let everyone get on with it that's a great shout for the winter to months coming up. And if you do put the oven on, um you've got some tips for for like making the most of it, haven't you?
1: Yeah. So often if I put so there's only two of us in in, in my house and uh I often feel like if I put the oven on I want to make the most of it Mm. so um, if I'm doing just like a tray bake or something for two I'll often put something in underneath it just if so we get a veg box and um, there's obviously quite a lot of veg that maybe you haven't really got a plan for because you don't know what's going to (laughs) come and so I often roast things underneath what I'm cooking that night and maybe like i Like finely chopped celeriac, and just put it in, like maybe a gotchujang uh, glaze, and put that underneath. What am I going to have that? that night yeah. and have that for like noodle bowls or lunch boxes or something like that the day yeah, after amazing. so you're sort of like using you're doubling up on your oven yeah. but you can do things like um slow roasting tomatoes as well yeah, You that's know, a great even if your oven's just still sort of like that warm you know when you yeah. just turned it off and you can just sort of slow roast things or when it's at that temperature it's great for like making kale crisps so it doesn't burn it doesn't go you know when they get slightly bitter when it's mm. at a high temperature you get a really lovely kale crisp if you just put them on for like the last five or ten minutes of you cooking your dinner yeah and then leave the oven off and it'll just sort of like all the water will evaporate in that sort of Fantastic. low temperature and roasting garlic as well i always just shove a whole because it doesn't take up much space yeah just wrap it in um foil with some salt and pepper and a bit of olive oil and just shove it in the back of the oven for however long you know the oven's on um like half an hour to up to an hour depending on the temperature mm. And then that's great for adding to soups or even like mashing onto bread or that sort of thing. So I kind of try and use the oven for for, for more than one yeah for, for more than one meal at you know at a time. If you're just turn of, it on. Yeah, yeah, just forward thinking
0: about lunch the next day. I, I was gonna say my um my brother-in-law's got some great, it's kind of like lots of small oven trays that you can buy that fit in a kind of jigsaw pattern in the oven as well which i think is a great idea because you know sometimes you're looking for just a little thing to to roast and you have to drag out your massive roasting tins. i think that's quite a nice a nice thing absolutely to get absolutely brilliant yeah. yeah i've got those little enamel ones and they're all they all sort of
1: like um what's the it's not jenga, jenga. What's um, the you know um Tef- te- tetris. tetris. Yeah, like <laughs> Tetris in the oven where you've got different sizes. Yeah. You sort of like sandwiched them in and i yeah. have got like sort of sprouts next to like, like a chicken pie or something. So you've got like a really nice, um, like different things. Yeah, it is, it is uh, You're right
0: when there's two of you as well and you just want to make a small amount of each thing. Absolutely. It's really good having those. So again, a great sort of time-saving and space-saving thing. Um, I know as well that you're a big fan of using your freezer yes. in it responsible sustainable way um what sort of things can you share that people can can do with their freezer
1: so i really i love getting ahead it's sort yeah. of like my sunday ritual is like making a big batch of something to put in the freezer or like using up veg and things like that that maybe are looking a little bit sad you know you want to you want to make the most of them mm. Um, But there's nothing worse than opening your freezer and seeing the exact same thing repeated 10 times in boxes. And you think, oh, I really, really don't (laughs) want to eat that again. So I really like doing a base of something, like a base of a curry or that you can add different vegetables or different Mm. meats to, like even a Thai, like Thai paste, you could um, make a big batch of, and then you could turn that into soup or even like um, smother it onto fish and roast it. So it's making like the base of
0: something that you've got on hand rather than making the finished dish. Yeah, that's a great idea. So then you've got this, you're sort of three quarters of the way down the cooking and yeah. you're just adding and finishing off.
1: Yeah, it means that you can sort of, you also think, what do I fancy for dinner? I can adapt this yeah. to, 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 you know, what I fancy. Um, and it's really good for also prep as well. Right. So if you grow your own sort of veg... Or if you um, if you're a big fan of beans like I am, yeah. then I really like like uh, blanching um, blanching green beans and just keeping those in the freezer. Oh, okay. You know, like with your frozen peas. But mm. you know, if you if you've got a big uh, bag of them that come with the with your uh, veg box, and you you know you're not going to get through them in the exactly. next couple of days, just prep them and blanch them, freeze them, and then there's just you have to steam them in two minutes. Yeah. So all all of the like the legwork's already done for you, so it's great for midweek. And I also make a big b- batch of beans, like white beans, cannellini beans, that sort of thing. Right. And then freeze them or cooked. So maybe just in a little bit of the broth oh. that you've cooked the beans in, which means that you've done that three or four hour process of like soaking, soaking and, and, and boiling, like slow in the slow cooker, yeah. you know, like for, for 10 hours or something. Um, I often put them in the slow cooker with with lots of like olive oil and rosemary and garlic and oh, things. Lovely. And then, um, yeah, just put a bit of the stock over and then freeze them so they're perfect to use for like other dishes that you want to that use is,
0: That's such a brilliant idea as well because you know often we use we use tin beans, um but you can't, I, there are some great brands out there. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but it's sometimes it is a bit of a like Russian roulette about whether you're going to get a really mushy bean or whether yep. you're going to get the perfect bean. And if you're making a stew with it, you can almost like stop the beans. At a certain point, you know, so yeah. they're not really, really cooked. So then your extra like half hours cooking just finishes them off with whatever flavorings. Yeah, I absolutely love that idea. I'm a big fan of using the freezer as that little stopgap as well, because things like, again, there's only two of us. So I often make, um if I'm making like a Thai curry or something, and I've got a tin of coconut milk and I only want half of it, just tip it in a a little tub and freeze the rest of it. And then you can just throw that straight into like the next sauce you're doing. Or even like tin tomatoes, like often for two people, like a tin of tomatoes is two. And I know tin tomatoes are cheap, but like I hate not using it. So if it goes in the fridge and it doesn't get used, and then I find it two weeks later with a bit of green on it (laughs) and it just goes in the bin. I much prefer to just, again, tip that in and freeze it. And then the next time I'm making a big batch of sauce, I can just add it to it. Yeah. So I think it's it's just that really nice little, you know, store cupboard for keeping all of those things that might otherwise go to waste. Definitely.
1: I really like with that sort of half a tin of coconut milk or, um, or like the chopped tomatoes, I always sort of try and make small batches of soup, especially if you've got like little leftovers of veg or like scraps or something mm-hmm. that you definitely want to use up. Um, if you make like one or two portions of soup just on the back of the hob you know just simmer everything together when you're cooking your dinner and blitz it I always freeze little portions of that and then take them to work frozen so by the time it comes to lunchtime it's sort of thawed um, and then that's you know it's a great lunch you can just blast it in exactly. the microwave then. That's really yeah, good.
0: and it doesn't leak in your bag yeah. it's frozen so. <laughs> stick around for more tips tricks and advice from Anna tell me about your scrap boxes as well because that's a great idea for a freezer
1: yeah this is this is the same sort of thing because we're quite a small household and so the amount of sort of veg scraps and Mm. and sort of chicken bones are sort of not hard to come by, but there's not a lot not of them lot, at, yeah. at the same time, and so I have this big Ziploc bag that I keep in the freezer. And every time we've got chicken bones or onion peel, celery, um, bases, that sort of thing, I just whack them in there, mm. and then as soon as it's full, I'll make a really big uh, batch of stock, yeah. So it's sort of instead of doing smaller batches, it's really good just to store them up and wait until you've got the time as well because obviously on a Monday after if you've had a roast chicken at the weekend it's not necessarily the time that you want to be making stock so I just put the all the chicken bones in the freezer until I've got enough to make a big big batch of stock
0: yeah you're right it is that thing of just having the oh I can I can deal with this later and it won't go off I love that because like exactly as you said like you just you're you're faced with a carcass of the, the chicken and you just think oh can't be bothered with yep. this. So like being able to just chuck it somewhere and know that you can come back to it later yeah. is great as well. And
1: it's so therapeutic to make stock as well. I really enjoy that sort of like, you know, throwing everything in, in a multi cooker or, or or just simmering it on the hob it's it's sort of very therapeutic and mm-hmm. I like the process but you have to have the time to be able to yeah. sit there and like <laughs> yeah. you know stand over it or like you, you know have it, have the hours to be able to put into it yeah and so I definitely like giving myself the opportunity to you know allowing yourself that time mm. in the future and it's
0: not it's not gone to waste yeah talk to us about freezer dump bags as well Oh,
1: these are like this is when I'm feeling lazy l- lazy in terms of prep yeah so So I don't particularly want to make the whole dish, but I've got some space in my freezer, which is which is a rare occasion. Um, and And or I've got some sort of I've made a bolognese and I've got maybe two or three carrots and a half a head of celery left. I'll actually make the beginnings of a dish. Right. So I'll put all of the ingredients together in the dish. Um, but not actually cook anything. Oh, okay. So if I wanted to make like a beef stew, I'll put those things like the onions, the carrots, the celery yeah. and maybe some stewing steak in the bag ready to go and then all I have to do is just bung that all in the slow cooker. Oh, okay. And if you know if you have the um the sort of sear function, I just give everything a fry with a bit of oil and then pour in, in yeah, ale or stock or something. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like you've got no chopping or prep when you when you, when you, you sort of short on that initial start time mm. and washing up, of course. So it's, all you need to do is just throw everything in. And it's a re- it's really handy if you've got those extra bits of veg or like, you know, the, the little... If you've got uh, a big bag of mints and you just want to use half of it or something. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: Because um, then you can divvy it up. Because like you said, if there's just two of you, then... Either the mince gets used in one big batch of something, so you've got ten batches of yeah of, you know, of, of bolognese, <laughs> bolognese yeah. which I did yesterday, <laughs> yeah. or or you can divvy it up into different bags and use them for different yeah and,
1: and add different spices and different herbs and things to different ones, so you've got lots of different options. Yeah, I,
0: lo- I love I love the idea of that. Um, also, just to say that um, the freezer is actually at its most efficient when it's full. For people worrying about having too much in their freezer, um, and the reason that is is because when you open the freezer door, all the energy the freezer starts using is to keep the air inside at that frozen temperature. So, the more stuff you've got in there, the cooler it stays, and the less energy the freezer has to use. So, so by stocking our freezers up efficiently and carefully, we are saving energy as well. <laughs> Let's talk about um preserving, because I know that you've done a lot of um preserving and pickling recipes, and we've done a whole episode on this recently with um Kylie Newton, who's like an expert preserver. um And she talks about capturing and keeping keeping the freshness of the veg in a pickle. It's something I found really interesting because she says it's like a little time capsule. so so basically stuff that you want to pickle needs to be like the freshest crispest version of, of the veg but now we're coming into winter things like chutneys are great aren't they because yeah. that's that that's the opposite isn't it
1: yeah i love the idea of a time capsule in yeah. a jar and i totally agree with sort of like uh pickle pickles um you almost want to keep that crunch and you want that freshness but you know i just love making pickle lily with a mix of different things yeah. um and it's sort of like simmered slightly so it doesn't and, you and, in um We've actually we just featured a really great recipe in the um in the Christmas issue and it'll be online. Um it's for just a winter veg piccolilli. Oh nice. Which is basically anything that you that you have in your fridge. Yeah. So celeriac, kohlrabi, uh like runner beans, whatever you whatever you need to mm. use up. You just it's a gram weight. You salt it so it draws out the water, you get that really lovely crunch. Crisp, yeah. But I love just doing a just a, a, a mix of whatever yeah. i need and i'm obsessed with lily so it's a great one i love but, yeah it's it's <laughs> it's great i just and it's very old school but i absolutely love the love the flavor and i do like the mix of textures as well from mm. different different veg so it's a great one if you've not You know, if you've just got bits and bobs of everything um, and you don't have to use the best, you don't have to use it at its freshest
0: Okay, because it's going to be slightly, so the pickle is kind of like, I guess it's halfway in between a pickle and a chutney really, isn't it? Because you do, like you said, you do simmer it in that lovely mustardy sort of um, saucy stock thing and then bottle it. So it's got, you've got a little bit of crunch there. But then on the flip side of that chutneys where, you know, you might have a couple of pears that are a little bit, you know, bruised or whatever you might have because chutneys often get simmered with a lot of sugar and vinegar for a long time until they really break down they're fantastic for using up that on the turn veg
1: absolutely definitely um particularly for for jams and things like that it's definitely you know you you don't use the best produce you use sort of the things that are a bit soft and a bit mushy yeah (laughs) so definitely jams and chutneys um but also with those pears and with uh things that are a bit bashed I make vinegar shrubs for cocktails so it's like um it's a flavored vinegar um that you add to I use I add a dash to sparkling water as like a non-alcoholic mix you know like Mm. an aperitif um but it's really it's got a nice sharpness to it obviously because it's so it's sort of sugar the whatever fruit you have I've used pears grape um grapefruit and gooseberries and things like that so and then just simmered for, for a few for a few minutes with uh, cider vinegar okay. and then strained and I keep it in the fr- fridge and uh, it's just great in cocktails. It's just like kind
0: of cordial strength and exactly. you just dilute it. Yeah, yeah, like that.
1: yeah it's cordial strength but it's not as sweet so you've got a really nice like a- adult drink it doesn't mm. taste like you're drinking a sugary sweet uh, non-alcoholic drink it's got a bit of a bite to it which I really like.
0: Yeah let's talk about um planning for the week again because i know a lot of this is um is getting ahead and, and and you've said in the past that planning is really really important it is what, what about things i i it's, this isn't something that i do but i suspect that you might do it which is um proper meal prep
1: yeah yeah <laughs> this is something that I absolutely love doing it the weekend for the for the week ahead I just like to know that especially if maybe you're going to the office a bit more or you've got a really really busy week and you don't really have the the the, the headspace to think about it Mm. during the week I love knowing that I've sort of looked after the future self (laughs) and I actually make meals sort of and put them in the fridge so if you know maybe I'm not looking I'm not Looking in my freezer, and oh, I don't have right. time to thaw something. Mm. At the weekend, um I will make little sort of meal meal kits up basically yeah. for lunches uh, or for dinners if I'm sort of you know uh, late home. And so they can be things like grain bowls, and I love doing different uh, different toppings on grain bowls. Oh, okay. So I cook a big batch of like buckwheat or like quinoa or something, and then add maybe some salmon on top. Love like smoked salmon is mm. absolutely brilliant with like a bit of a soy dressing um and so they're great to eat for um lunch so you can take them for lunch mm-hmm. or you know that you've got something that's fully prepared in the in the fridge and it's it's a good way of sort of divvying out exactly what you're going to eat yeah and if you especially if you make if you do one big shop at, during the week it's a good way of knowing exactly where everything is going
0: yeah those, those grain bowls are so trendy at the minute I was in Um, buying a sandwich the other day and I saw one and it was like six quid and I was and I was breaking it down in my head and thinking you've literally got like two tablespoons of grains like probably half a chicken breast there and a bit of green and it was so expensive but actually like you said if you make that big batch of grains and then you can top some with salmon some with you know it could be like feta or something some with chicken if you if you eat meat and and it's so versatile. Then you can have a different dressing on top and then yeah. just make it So, so one, one sort of little cook up can become like several different meals. It's not like you're eating the same thing day after day. I think that's when it becomes a
1: bit, um, it becomes a bit repetitive and, you know, you, you don't really, you're not really inspired about what you're having for, mm. for lunch. But doing that sort of the the grain, the grains on the bottom and changing the flavor profile of it, it means that it's also really interesting and and not as much effort as doing really different things every day. So I think the dressing, like you say, is really important because it's all store cupboard stuff as well. So you just add like a tablespoon of this, that and the other. Like you could do different like a Dijon vinaigrette on Mm. on a salmon one and even like horseradish. You could make like a little creme fraiche horseradish. Um, there's loads of different ways you can you can change the flavour yeah. of the of the of the bowl, and it
0: actually becomes quite exciting to think, oh, what am I going to have tomorrow? I've got a choice of three different yeah. things I like, can take with me. Looking at the menu <laughs> yeah. in the fridge, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's brilliant, Anna, Thank you so much for that. Like so many brilliant ideas there, and you can get loads of recipes and inspiration for things like grain bowls and meal prep and batch cooking online at OliveMagazine.com. But thanks for coming to chat to us today, Anna. Thank you. That was the Olive Magazine podcast. For more information on things in this episode or to listen to our back catalogue of over 200 episodes, head to olivemagazine.com.